Hey everyone, I'm Russ Willett from PipesandCigars.com and welcome to PNC's Talking Tobacco Live. Um, got an awful lot to uh, talk about uh, today. Uh, probably the first thing that I should mention is uh, in uh, another week, um, we've got, within the next week anyway, we've got to... Uh, ship out some cartons because we are going to the Chicago Pipe Show this year. Um, I will be there um, uh, along with um, a, a teammate uh, and I will also uh, we will also have somebody there uh, to um, try to identify uh, items from different vendors that we may be interested in carrying. So um, it's going to be great from that aspect. And it'll be the first time since 2019 uh, that we've been to the show. Uh, so we're, we're really excited about it and looking forward to it. Uh, I... Uh, I, I've got uh, a bunch of things I'm working on to try to have ready in time. And so uh, we're working on it. Uh, we just got a couple of banners in that will be going out to uh, be at our table. And I believe we're going to be situated right next to Lane Limited. Uh, so uh, that means that I'll get a chance to spend some time with Max. Uh, so that's a very good thing. Uh, he's a great guy and uh, and a lot of fun to talk to. So uh, it'll be nice that we're going to be sharing an area. And let me see. Wow. Okay. No comments. All right, so let me uh, continue on with uh, my my blathering. Uh, hi, David. Uh, I'm I'm glad you you said something because I wasn't sure if people were seeing or hearing me. Anyway, so um, back in um, 1999 seems uh, from the sound of it seems so long ago um back in 1999 a a momentous thing occurred uh that would change history forever uh and that is that 1999 um was when PNC went online. And and so obviously for us, that's, that's momentous. And hopefully for you too. Um, in any case, next year we're going to celebrate our 25th anniversary. Uh, we've got a few things planned. And one thing that I wanted to see happen uh, I didn't think was going to be possible. Um, but it turns out that it was and it will happen. And I'm not going to give you details about it at this point. Uh, but I will tell you 
that um, Stanwell, which is why I'm wearing this shirt today, uh, Stanwell will be making a 25th anniversary limited edition pipe for PNC. So uh, it'll be the only place you can you can get one. Uh, there will be a bent and a straight pipe um, with a finish that I think um, really works great uh, for this Snanwell PNC collaboration. Um, but we've worked with them to make sure that these aren't crazy priced pipes. Um, I've seen so many limited editions over the past few years that are in the $200 plus range. And frankly, for, for most factory pipes, I just can't justify uh, prices well above $200. You're saying, David says there's a pop-up that says send 200 stars to see your comment here. I don't see that, I, and it's certainly nothing that we set up. That's really strange. Uh, but I'm going to get into something in just a little bit that uh, will address a number of things that uh, hopefully will will make uh, for some improvement. Uh, anyway, so the the first thing that we have in the works for our 25th anniversary will be a stanwell pnc 25th anniversary pipe um you know i'm i'm just thrilled that we were able to uh, make that happen um so it will be uh there'll be uh, two stock um Stanwell shapes, but with a different finish. And because it's the 25th anniversary, uh, these pipes will have silver bands like their pipe of the year does. Um, because, well, what the heck, it's the silver anniversary, so uh, why not have a little silver on the pipe? And so, um, that will be part of it next year. I'm sure we will have tobaccos uh, celebrating uh, 25 years. Um, coincidentally, uh, this year is 20 years uh, for me with PNC. Uh, or it's, uh, I'm sorry, it's 19 years this year. It'll be 20 years next year. So I'll be celebrating my own personal anniversary um, at the same time. And then, but this year is 10 years uh, since the company relocated. So we've got all these little anniversaries uh, popping up here and there. Next year is going to be a fun year for us. I think we're going to... Uh, uh, we're going to bring some things that'll put a smile on your face. And and certainly, I expect we're going to have all kinds of special promotions and deals uh, throughout the year uh, as a thank you for 25 years 
of, uh, of patronage. So um, there's that. David says that pop-up only shows on the PC version, not the mobile version. That's really weird. I don't know what that's about. I'll have to do a little checking. But since we're talking about that, that brings me into uh, my next subject. And that is, I've been teasing it for a while, that we're making some infrastructure uh, improvements for uh, Talking Tobacco Live. And um, finally, I think all the pieces are in place and uh, should go into effect next week. Um, it, the only thing that might delay it is the learning curve um, because there are a number of new pieces of equipment that I'm going to have to get used to. And uh, so as I uh, work on that, uh, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that uh, this weekend I'll have enough time to dive in enough that it'll be ready. But um, we're, we have the ability now to um, create some more graphics uh, and also uh, to do things with uh, video clips uh, that we will use at uh, one point or another. Um, that that stuff will probably be phased in a little later on because I think the other improvements are most important uh, to, to get going. So uh, the, the first thing is uh, sound. Uh, you know, I'm in a room um, that has carpeting on the floor. That, that helps a little bit with uh, any kind of echo. But uh, the walls are hard. And to my left, uh, I'm against an outside wall. And the outside of this house is brick. So we have a hard surface there which can reflect a lot. Um, and so first thing is that um, I have packages of soundproofing panels that I will be putting in this area um, to try to cut down on echo. Um, there's not much. I mean, you know, I, I haven't had too many people say that uh, it bothers them, but uh, we, we want to give you the best presentation possible. And so we're going to um, put up soundproofing. Uh, we've got these foam panels that uh, I'll put on the walls to the side and behind uh, my desk uh, to soak up as much of that ringing as possible. 
And then um, I have a soundboard and a microphone. And we're talking about, uh, you know, a, a quality mic. Uh, and the soundboard is going to allow me to fine tune uh, for pitch because I have kind of a... Uh, an odd voice. I, I'm I'm aware of that um, because I have the underpinnings of a baritone, but I have the uh, some of the top end of a tenor. When um, when I was in bands uh, and I took vocal lessons, I I was told that I was right in between. Um, a lyric baritone and a heroic tenor. Those are the classifications for opera. Um, but it means that I'm kind of in between the two. So I've got uh, I've got some of the resonance of the baritone, but I I have a higher pitched voice, uh, more like a tenor. So it's, it's really rather odd. Um, I'll be able to fine tune that with the soundboard so that uh, I'm as clear as is humanly possible. Um, and it will also allow me to import more music. Um, and it's paired up with uh, an XLR microphone and for those of you who have some familiarity with uh, sound equipment, you know, microphones today come in uh, a number of different formats as to how they connect. Um, the, the most common thing that, that people think of is the, um, the, the regular phone plug the large phone plug. Um, you know, if you're dealing with a, an amplifier or uh, a sound system, that's typically what they use. And then, of course, today we're, we're using um, a, a lot more uh, sound equipment with computers so a lot of microphones today uh, connect using USB. Um, that's if you're going to plug it directly into the computer. Uh, and really the best quality comes from a different format called XLR. And this is really used um, primarily with professional sound equipment. Um, the, the plug on the end of the cord from the microphone is round and it's got three pins in it and uh, it connects uh, that way. And uh, the soundboard has the XLR input. So it means that I'm gonna get the best sound quality um, it's a, uh, a cardioid mic, um, for those of you who, uh, 
aren't familiar, again, there are a couple of different types of microphones. There are omnidirectional uh, microphones, which pick up sound from all around the mic. Um, that's something you might use at a concert, for example, if you want to pick up the sound. Uh, omnidirectional will work because you'll not only get the sound from the concert itself, but you'll get crowd noise and that sort of thing. But for um, live streaming and podcasting, you, know, you want a directional mic, and that's what the cardioid mics are. Um, it picks up sound in basically one direction, and uh, so anything in the background won't be picked up. Uh, or it won't be picked up very loudly. And so um, we'll have the soundboard. And then I have new lighting uh, that we'll put in place, um, which is important because the light in this room uh, can be very squirrely. Uh, you notice I have light streaming in the windows behind me and to my left. And, um, and then we have in this room an overhead light, which you can easily see because it shines off my chrome dome. Um, and, and so, um, we're, we're trying to, to improve that as well uh, to get the look you've got right now. I've got a ring light on my camera, and then I have one light to my right and another light to my left, and it's not ideal. They're not the same uh, light temperature, meaning, you know, warm going toward the red tones and cool going toward the blue. Um, these lights are not exactly the same. The ring light is a flat white light. Um, I have kind of an orange tone to my left and a yellow tone to my right. Um, we have three new lights. Um, and they come with filters, so I'll be able to play with it so that I can try to look the best I possibly can, which really is a futile effort, but we'll give it a try. Um, so that's, that's what we have on lighting. Uh, we're not going to change the camera, but we are changing the software we're going to be using uh, to host um, the live stream. And um, this new software uh, is going to give me more capabilities. Um, but one of the most important ones, I, I'm using a, a piece of software right now that I've been very pleased with. It's, it's been very serviceable. The problem is that it's a monthly subscription and I have the more basic subscription. Um, if I want to increase video quality, we've got to pay even more per month. Um, 
the software that I'm getting has no subscription. Um, I've already installed it and started playing around with it. And it gives me the capability of doing the live stream in 1080p, which is higher resolution. Right now, this is um, 720p. Um, and so we'll be able to increase the video quality by leaps and bounds uh, using the new software. And yes, the camera that I have is capable of 1080p. It's just that the software won't allow me to use it. So um, a, a bunch of uh, really neat changes. Um, and as time goes along, I'll be able to work more elements into it. Um, and that, that said, um, in a couple of weeks when we go to, um, yeah, David, that's interesting. He says he's only seeing his comments, but yes, there are five other people beside yourself. Uh, who are watching live, um, and there are no other comments. So he's wondering if something might be up. Um, if somebody else could just chime in with a hi or something like that so we know uh, if there's a problem. Um, yeah, ah, there we go. Okay, Brian, thank you for, for saying that. Okay. So maybe there's no problem. Maybe people are just uh, just enjoying listening rather than chatting. Um, so in a couple of weeks, we'll be going to Chicago. And um, when we go, uh, I we will get in on Thursday morning. Uh, so I will be at the show. Um, in time, unless there are delays with flights or problems with the rental car or something like that. But other than that, I, I expect we will be at the venue in time uh, to probably go to the smoking tent. And, um, and then I will do um, my, my uh, Facebook Live from the smoking tent and hopefully i can rope some of my friends into spending some time with me as well and also i will probably jump in for a few minutes at a time on and off throughout the weekend so there will be little facebook live snippets uh coming from me but we're gonna do the regular um broadcast Obviously, one of the issues that we're going to have um, is that I can't be lugging my laptop around all over the place um, during the show uh, to, to be able to do that. So I'm going to use my phone. Fortunately, I have the uh, Samsung Z Fold 4. And um, right here, it's, it looks like a fairly regular 
smartphone. Uh, but it opens up into basically a mini tablet. And for that reason, I can use the same software here that I'm using right now to do the live stream. Uh, so I'll be able to do everything that I normally do uh, because I can open up Chrome in here and, and work from the browser. So, uh, and the resolution on the cameras on this phone are ridiculous. Um, we, we cannot broadcast this in the resolution that this phone is capable of. I mean, and this is capable of, um, depending on which, which camera I use, uh, the back cameras, um, 50 megapixels, which is stupid. I mean, um, you would have to print a photograph in poster size before you would notice any kind of dots in the resolution. It, it's, uh, it's incredible. I don't know why the resolution needs to be that high, but even the selfie cam is 14 megapixels, which is incredibly sharp. Um, and this phone's capable of low light, um, a lot better than some phones. So we'll be at the tent or maybe outside the tent if it's a really nice day. And uh, as I um, go through the tent and I, I come across some friends, uh, I will... Uh, see if we can sit down for a few minutes and get them on camera and and chat um so that's what i'm going to be doing in a couple of weeks uh so uh this week's uh show uh what we decided to do is a, a little trivia quiz and I was going to do it as set it up like a poll and let people pick. Uh, we don't have the capability for, for actually doing a quiz like this on screen. Um, so I just decided I'm going to ask the questions. I'm going to ask you to answer it in the comment section. Um, David says that high pixel count is for when you take a picture, a, a photo of Bigfoot or a UFO. If people had had that kind of high resolution when they took their Bigfoot or UFO pictures, I might be able to believe in those things a little bit more. Anyway, um, Sean says his notification stinks letting him know that we're on that's uh that's weird i i mean i really do try to start right at noon on thursdays um if that helps at all but uh um that that i think is probably a function of facebook uh, more than anything else um but 
So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to toss out some uh, trivia questions and I'm just going to ask you to answer in the comments and then we can discuss the answers uh, a little bit. So um, the first question is more complicated than it seems. So the question is, what is the bit? What is the bit? And the first answer that pops in your head is most likely wrong. You know, we, we talk about um, all the different parts of a pipe but we pay probably the least attention uh, when we're talking about them. Uh, you know, the, the stems and stem work is, is probably the least appreciated. Okay. Um, we've got some answers. The part that goes in your mouth, that's Brian. And uh, David says the stem or the end of the stem. And Sean says mouthpiece. Um, okay. Sean's answer is correct. But then we have to ask the question, what is the mouthpiece? And Brian's answer is partially correct, the part that goes in your mouth. Um, and Justin agrees with that. It is the part of the bit in front of the button, or the part of the stem that's in front of the button, but behind the taper or the saddle. So... Sean says, saying the half inch on the end, the half inch in front of the button would be uh, a good definition for the bit. That area is also referred to as the mouthpiece. So we commonly will use bit as in saying saddle bit. Uh, with the idea that it's kind of the same as the stem. But the reason we call it a saddle bit or a tapered bit is because the bit area is behind the saddle, behind the taper. It comes down to the bit. So the, the correct answer is the end of the stem that goes in the mouth, but in front of the button. The button is also often referred to as the lip. Okay. So the next one's a little bit more, um, it may require a little digging, or some of you may have the answer right off the top of your head, but we're going to find out. 
if rustica which we've talked about in a few blends over the past couple of years if rustica is nicotiana rustica what is the name for all the rest of the tobaccos that we use not burley virginia the the general classification of the tobaccos that we routinely use. What's the classification? I'm not getting any answers. Brian says condiments. No. No. Uh, let me uh, clarify a little bit for you. Maybe it'll, it may help. Um, Nicotiana rustica has that name because um, primarily it grew in the wild. Um, not many places were cultivating it for use in tobacco products. Uh, so, um, that may not help you very much at all, uh, but um, let me um, let me put the answer up on the screen because uh, or, well I'll, I'll do that in a moment if um, if no well David you're half right David says Nicotiana but Nicotiana rustica is the name of rustica. And so it's Nicotiana what? And this covers everything. It covers Burley. It covers Orientals. It covers Virginia. They're all in this general classification. <laughs> Justin says Nicotiana tabacchiana. Uh, no, but you're real close. Uh, let me pop the answer up on the screen. It's Nicotiana tobaccum. So the cultivated or commonly cultivated forms of tobacco are called Nicotiana tobaccum and the wild grown is referred to as Nicotiana rustica. So, um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, the Nicotiana rustica is known for a very earthy, flinty, spicy flavor and a high nicotine content where um, there's a lot more variety in Nicotiana tobaccum. So, uh, but that's, that's the general uh, classification for um, what we routinely put in our pipes. Okay, so a lot of tobaccos are flavored. Uh, certainly aromatics are. Um, and then semi-aromatics have some flavorings. And then there are some um, tobaccos that have a flavoring added that's just meant to 
to work with the natural tobacco flavors to create something new. Um, an example of that would be uh, Bengal slices. It has an added flavoring, um, but it's meant to work with the tobaccos and not really stand out on its own, uh, but just to be part of a unified whole. Um, but there's still flavoring there. So the question is, what are flavorings called? So when you're lighting up that bowl of Captain Black cherry, the cherry flavor that's added to it is called a what? Brian says casing or toppings. Justin says toppings. David says topping. And uh, yes, we're, um, we're uh, correct with toppings or technically the term is top dressing. Um, to clarify for Brian, uh, casings and toppings are different things. Casings are generally sweeteners. They normally don't have a significant noticeable flavor. Rather, they're more sweet. And they're added at the beginning of processing uh, to make the tobacco more palatable. Top dressings are added at the end of processing, and they are the ones that have a signature flavor like vanilla or cherry or chocolate or fruit, other fruits. Um, but those are top dressings. And um, there are some odd ones out there. Um, Brian says uh, he never knew that. Thank you. This is fun. I'm good. I'm, that's what it's all about. We want to have some fun. I mean, we, you know, we routinely pack a bowl, stick it in our mouth, light it. Um, if we're more of a hobbyist type, we concentrate on the flavors of the tobaccos. But for some people, it's just something they enjoy. They enjoy leisurely puffing on a pipe, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but a lot of times we don't think about it. We don't concentrate on, on our pipes as much. Um, and so that's the idea behind this is to have a little fun with the hobby. Um, okay. Sandpaper can replace which pipe tool? This is going to be an easy one. Ryan and David almost simultaneously came up with the answer reamer, and that's correct. Um, it can be done a number of ways. Uh, David uh, mentioned one to me uh, a while back. Uh, Justin said polishing cloth. Uh, that's that's going to be a rather dull pipe when you get done, but uh, I suppose it could. Uh, but yes, the answer is reamer. 
David gave me a tip, uh, take a Sharpie that, you know, they have a pocket clip on them and you can take a piece of uh, sandpaper and put it under the clip and then wrap it around and the clip will keep the sandpaper in place while you use the Sharpie down inside the chamber. Um, or you can wrap it around a dowel. Um, you, for that matter, can wrap it around a finger if your finger will fit down into the chamber. Um, but you can use sandpaper, and a lot of people like to do that. They don't use a... Um, a real rough sandpaper like 80 or 120 grit. Um, they normally will go with like 280 or 400 grit uh, that's rough enough to remove material, uh, but smooth enough that it doesn't leave uh, gouges in the, uh, in the cake. Um, and, and, you know, for those people who do it, uh, they never have to worry about reaming a pipe back uh, because they just maintain um, a thick enough cake to protect the chamber, um, but um, but not enough to cause a buildup that uh, reduces the size of the chamber. So that's uh, that was an easy one. Supposedly, what was Gerald Ford's go-to tobacco? And David uh, said uh, regarding sandpaper, especially handy for meerschaums. True. Yeah, using a tool inside a meerschaum is kind of scary because a little bit of a wedge or a gouge and uh, you could crack the, the bowl. Wow, that was fast, Brian. Good on you. Brian said field and stream. Yes, supposedly that was Gerald Ford's regular tobacco, field and stream, which is no longer around. Okay. And now comes one that um, might be a little fun. What is black Cavendish made of? David said he also smoked walnut. Yeah, well, that's when he ran out of field and stream. Um, so, again, what is black Cavendish made of. I'll give people a boy, you folks pay attention. I like that. Both David and Justin said that it could be Virginia or Burley, and that's correct. In the US, um, we commonly use Burley to make uh, black Cavendish. And because um, Burley does not have um, does not have a high sugar content, um, there's little sugar to caramelize, 
during the process. So the way it's done is that uh, the burley is uh, cased with a sugar solution of sorts. Um, and then it's toasted. And when it's done, it's not really black. It's more of a uh, charcoal gray with brown mixed in. Um, but then, as David mentioned, it's steam processed. And that's when it goes from that dark grayish brown uh, to being jet black. Um, the, the moisture finishes the process, basically. And uh, the flavorings are generally introduced um, around the same time. Um, so your typical vanilla black cabin dishes and things like that uh, are steamed and they're topped. Um, and then... Uh, in Europe, they tend to use Virginia to make black Cavendish. And in that case, you don't need to use the sugar water casing um, because there's enough sugar in the black Cavendish or in the Virginia that it will caramelize and blacken on its own. In the US, when we do that, we call it stoved black Virginia. Um, in Europe, they take that um, blackened uh, Virginia and they will commonly steam that as well and introduce flavorings into it. But it's also used without any added flavoring um, as a condimental tobacco. Stoved black Virginia is sweet and has a touch of sharpness to it. Um, to me, what it reminds me the most of is kind of your run-of-the-mill um, scotch. Not, you know, like, um, not like a Laphroaig, which has a heavy uh, peaty iodine note to it. Uh, but more like your your everyday JMBs and doers um, has some sweetness to it, but it's also got a bit of a tang, and that's what you get from stoved uh, Black Virginia that hasn't been steamed and flavored, um, and uh, and uh, Black Cavendish made from Burley can also be used without steaming. I've used it in a number of different blends. Um, and um, we typically um, will use that in English blends as a balance uh, to kind of... Um, add uh, just a hint of mellow sweetness to um, the, the heavy smokiness of Latakia. Um, it, it's good to use in that regard. And when it's used in Europe uh, like that, in one example, uh, 
my mixture 965 contained some. The Brits refer to it as brown Cavendish. Um, how does anyone who smoked the Gallup brown sugar flake like it? Um, I agree with David's uh, assessment. Very nice. Um, it's complex, but it needs a good drying. That's that's true. Uh, it holds its moisture really well. Um, we have received it. It is not on our website. It takes us longer um, than our competitors, as it were. Uh, we don't really look at other businesses as competitors because we all have um, a certain type of customer that we um, that we focus on and we focus on the everyday pipe smoker um, but we receive it and we share facilities with a number of other companies in the industry which means that um, receiving generally takes us a little bit longer. So we have it. It'll be on the website. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but as soon as I can. Um, David says, one of the few flakes that he finds smokes better rubbed out than cubed or folded. Uh, I, would, I would also agree with that, David. It's also a softer... Um, flake than most. Uh, it's more pliable than most flakes. And that's because of the kind of uh, tobaccos that's used in it. Um, it. It rubs apart pretty readily. It doesn't, uh, doesn't take a lot of effort. Uh, Sean said, getting a tin soon from a buddy who snagged you one. Well, if you get it quickly and you try it before it hits our site, just bear in mind, you'll be able to pick up some more. Um, so let's um, let's move on. All right. So um, our friends um, at Sutliff have been where they are since the 1950s. I think it was 1954, but I could be wrong about that. And they moved to their facility in Richmond, Virginia, from what city? It's also the city they were founded in. The reason that they made the move was to be closer to the tobacco markets. Um, obviously, Richmond being in the Middle Atlantic region uh, puts them right in the, the area to where tobacco is really the hub. Brian says San Francisco, and he's absolutely correct. Um, originally known as H. Sutliff and Sons, um, it was founded in San Francisco and initially was a retailer. 
Um, they they had a retail store that they they sold their products in, and um, as we went through the 30s and 40s and into the 50s, uh, some of their products became tremendously popular uh, with the the most identifiable one being um, Mixture 79. Now, um, because it was booming and they needed to increase production, they decided to move their facility to Richmond so that they would be closer to the tobacco brokers to be able to buy the tobacco that they needed to make Mixture 79. And then once they got settled in Richmond, that's when they expanded into the bulk tobaccos. Sutliff owns McBaron and what other countries, uh, companies? They don't. It's the other way around. McBaron owns Sutliff. Uh, Sutliff does not own any other companies that I'm aware of, but they are distributors for um, other products. Uh, they distribute cigars from Adventura. Uh, they distribute Brigham's uh, pipes in the U.S. Okay, it was 1953. Thanks for the clarification, David. Um, they also distribute um, White Elephant and Rattray's pipes in the U.S., um, but they don't own those companies. Uh, Sean says he smoked Mixture 79 twice a year apart. Just the other day got it out again. It wasn't as bad to me as the first time. Uh, it's okay, Sean. It's, it's understandable. One owns the other, but um, yeah, it's McBaron that owns uh, Sutliff. Um, yes, and Sutliff makes numerous blends for various companies, including Hearth and Home, um, and a number of other tobaccos that I've worked on over the years. Uh, so yes, they uh, they make those. They also make Seattle Pipe Club. Um, but once again, they don't own those. Um, they they just make them for uh, different companies. And uh, so let's move on to the next question. The pipe. Let me explain. For those of you who aren't aware of what it is, the pipe was uh, made... Um, by Venturi, and what it was, was pipes of different shapes and, and sizes um, that were made of a cast phenolic resin, um, making them very durable. You could drop them on a concrete floor and nothing would happen to them. The chamber, though, was lined with pyrolytic graphite, basically a material that would not react to heat. Um, it's a, a form of carbon uh, that would be relatively neutral in flavor. Um, and uh, it, it 
would be a better material than the phenolic resin, which would probably give off an odor if burning tobacco were put inside it. And then they had molded plastic stems um, that had dual O-rings on the end that fit in. They were durable as all heck. Um, they smoked wet because there was no material in that pipe that could absorb moisture. Uh, and they were heavy as hell. Um, I got one when I first started smoking a pipe. So that tells you how long it's been since they've been out there. Um, because I started smoking a pipe in 1976. And, um, and it, uh, it was really heavy. I, I could have used it to, uh, put hubcaps on, uh, on old wheels. It was that heavy. Anyway, um, the, the pipes did not last very long. They made them in every color of the rainbow. Um, they were fun to look at, but they were not great to smoke. That company made a sister product, also a pipe, made from the same materials, but made a little bit differently. And they had a very strange appearance to them. What was that sister product called? So they sold the pipe. Sean said Brylon. No, Brylon was from uh, Yellow Bowl and Medico. Um, they're the ones that have Brylon pipes. But they're similar idea. Synthetic materials. Um, David says pyrolytic graphite is used for some crucibles, especially for precious metals. That makes sense. It's not reactive. Uh, and it being graphite, it's also a material that uh, things don't like to stick to. Um, so uh, that, that makes it great for pipes because you can just wipe out the chamber. Um, and, and certainly if you're using it as a crucible for uh, precious metals like gold or platinum, you're not going to have any waste because the metal isn't going to stick to the graphite. No answers, huh? The sister product, no, not Falcon, John. The sister product to the pipe was called the rock. And what they did was they took that phenolic resin, but instead of just pouring the resin into a mold, they pushed it through a machine that injected air into it. So the pipes would be lighter. And so it made a, a phenolic foam that was injected into a mold that was shaped like a jagged piece of rock. And, um, and then they fit it with the pyrolytic graphite bowl. 
So it was kind of really strange looking freehand sort of thing. Um, and they, they did it in swirled colors. They had white and gray, they had white and green, white and blue. Um, they were certainly lighter than the pipe uh, and easier to smoke. But once again, couldn't absorb any moisture. So they were pretty wet smoke. Um, so, uh, not, not a, uh, a product that had a very long life on the market. Anyway, uh, that, uh, that covers, um, my, uh, trivia questions, uh, for this week. And, um, as I mentioned, we're over the next few weeks going to transition into, um, a setup that I hope will make things more enjoyable for you. And hopefully maybe it'll make things a little bit easier for me and also expand what I can do. Uh, I would love to do more with music. Um, and there are ways I could do it right now, but it's such a clunky procedure. I could put music on my phone I can run a USB cable from my phone to my laptop, and then I could play the music there, but then I have to tie it into the software we use for the broadcast. So um, David says he found a, a photo of the rock, and it's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it's going to give me more flexibility, allow me to do more. Um, I'll still be able to do guests. Um, and, and who knows, there may be capabilities that I'll discover as I'm playing around uh, with the new software that will uh, really change the game. But we'll, uh, we'll be working on that again over the next few weeks um i i would say everything would be up and running in the next week or two but with having to go to chicago um the week after next uh it's gonna be it's gonna be uh obviously very difficult to pull that off and now we're available wherever you get your pop podcasts um and you can uh share this um live stream too uh there's a button on um on your uh on your browser page that will allow you to um contact someone and uh, you can watch the live stream together um and the podcast is basically our um, our regular um, Facebook Live, but the audio is just ripped and then uh, placed um, on the services that host podcasts. And so uh, Apple Music and Spotify and other places, um, you look up Talking Tobacco, uh, and uh, you should be able to find it. So you can listen in your car, on your phone, 
wherever you have the ability to listen. If you have a smart speaker, um, you should be able to, uh, to get in touch. Um, and I, I didn't go over um, what's going on on PNC this week, and I'm going to do that for you uh, as, uh, as we head out. Um, because I, I had an awful lot I wanted to cover, but I'm going to cover this and I'm going to do it uh, very quickly. So just give me a few minutes here and um, we'll take a look at uh, what's happening on PNC. Home tobacco, dollar off, one pound bags where it's out to 81 cents an ounce. They have nine different blends, super popular tobaccos uh, on PNC. So if you're an Ohm fan, you want to take advantage. Uh, the Northern Compass matte pipes are 15% off. And because of the colors, uh, kind of tied into Easter. So we see them there with some Easter eggs. And the... Uh, the compass mats in a basket. And you get, uh, beside the 15% off, a Rockwell binge pipe tool. Uh, three, I like the compass mats because you can take them apart while they're still warm and stick them in a pocket. And the Rockwell binge pipe tool is a more compact pipe tool. So you'll be able to carry that a lot uh, more easily than some. Um, so, um, then we have the build your own perfect sampler for $84.99. You get to choose a pipe, um, and from brands like, uh, Aaron Gobra and others, um, two tobaccos and two accessory items. So, um, for the most part, when we do these build your own samplers, the price of the sampler is about the price of the um, of the uh, pipe itself. So it's like getting the rest of the items free. And then Barracini um, pipes are 15% off. There are classic Italian pipes. Um, as low as $59.49. And uh, so you can get some really great pipes there. Uh, I can tell you the number of comments that I receive from people who say that um, they're as impressed with Barracini as they are with Savinelli at a price that's 20 to 30% less. So, um, I think you'll probably find the same to be true. And then introducing Captain Black Platinum. Uh, it's 840 a pouch. It's more of a semi-aromatic than a full-blown aromatic, but has a very pleasant aroma, a lightly sweet taste, and uh, easy smoking. Uh, David mentioned that his Barracini smoked great, and uh, always glad to hear that. This week's Tobacco of the Week is Cascadia Pipe Company Vertical Limit. This is a robust plug tobacco. Um, definitely a great after dinner or before bedtime um, smoke. 
and being in plug form, it stays nice and moist longer than, uh, than a regular flake would. Um, if you haven't tried it, give it a try and it's on sale. And then uh, this month's monthly deal is Borkham Riff. You've only got a couple of weeks to take advantage. But Borkham Riff, buy more, save more. You can get cans as low as $27.99. I think that's the four or more price. Uh, and then pouches as low as $5.99. So that covers um, what is going on on PNC for the week. And I've covered everything else. So I'm Russ Willette from PipesAndCigars.com. Thanks for watching.